five, four, three, two, one. John Miglosh with the WDMA, searching the world for marketing news every day. And stuff you won't hear about anywhere else, probably. Okay, so let's get right at it. This is one of the uh, another one of the drums, uh, 100 best ads of all time. And, uh, you know, a lot. Of, what I like about the drum especially is that they, they come up with stuff that, you know, I may never have seen uh, ever, you know, ever. I may because it didn't air in the United States. And uh, so this is one that I don't think did air in the United States. We'll, we'll give it a we'll give it a look. Can I see your car. papers, please? Really the cop is just, you know, American accent. The identity papers don't look like American. I'm stepping out of the car, sir. I think it was shot in France. French di di director. Could you open the trunk, please? Things Have a good all, day, gentlemen. All pressed and... Nice and neat. He's looking at a crease in his shirt. Okay, so that was a Levi's ad. It's it's hard to tell. There's a there's a little bit of uh, logo in there, not much at all. And in the in the uh, in the preliminary research testing, the audience testing, it did very poorly. Maybe they couldn't remember whose ad it was <laughs> but anyway um there's a lot of backstory on this really a lot of backstory so let's go see what we got to remember here um it turns out that it took them it took the uh the creative director three tries to get this idea going with the puppet i don't know what the idea of the puppet was exactly um but it was patterned after a, a puppet, a French character called Stéphane, uh, and it, uh, was featured in a music video by a uh, French DJ named Mr. Oizo, looks like. And so they didn't want a copyright infringement violation on the puppet, so they had Jim Henson create a similar puppet, <clears throat> but they played the Oizo's song from the music video uh, as background music and just this commercial took the song to number one on the charts in England, France, and Germany, I think. And um, and they did three, three different commercials with this uh, puppet. And um, so, as I said, they had remarkably crease-free clothing, never relied too much on audience research. Once it got out, it just exploded. Um, you know, it's it, it goes against almost every rule I would ever I would ever suggest. But, you know, sometimes that you got to break the rules. Okay, here's another interesting article. Anti-inflationary uh, pressure accelerates anti-paper greenwashing. Uh, and uh, there's a there's actually an association 
a paper association or something. Two Sides North America. I've heard of these people before. And they claim that they're the only industry organization to directly challenge anti-paper greenwashing. You know, people want to, you know, and I've been after, I've been, I've been fighting this battle since the mid '90s. You know, when uh, the board of directors or the CFO or somebody says, "Why are we spending so much on this catalog? Why are we filling landfills with paper?" You know, or you send two to the same household on the same day, and they say. You know, you're killing trees and stuff. <clears throat> anyway, okay. But trees are a sustainable, renewable resource. And they absorb carbon, <laughs> if you think that's important. Um, Steve Falk, you know, is into this. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's, you know, many of us speak out on the, the virtues of sustainable... <laughs> of sustainable products and so anyway this company has has gotten uh, um and kathy rosie uh talks about all the people who depend on print and mail and uh and that they've stopped 170 companies from you know spouting off about how that about how they're going digital and that's going to save the environment you know takes a lot of it takes a lot of electricity to run all our computers you know i remember just maybe 20 25 years ago when we all switched to those spirally bulbs because if we did that we wouldn't have to build new power plants nobody seems to mind anymore that we use a lot more electricity than we used to anyway we'll go on this was a really good this was a really good is is a podcast sleep number sees direct mail as a huge differentiator and this is from uh, brand united Okay, got to get that in there for Chris Lyons. <laughs> I apologize for forgetting that. And uh, and so it's actually a podcast, which you can click here and get the podcast to come up. Um, Joe Keenan interviews Lisa Erickson, uh, who's the Senior Director of Customer Relationship Management and Loyalty at Sleep Number. And she's got a background. She was with Target and Best Buy and got over to Sleep Number up in Minneapolis and she said, we don't really sell mattresses, we sell sleep. And um, they have a customer loyalty program, and it's really about keeping people in, engaged because they only buy a, a, a new mattress about once every 10 years, something like that. So about four years ago, they started working with Navistone, um, and I know some people over there, and um, there's a number of other people. Uh, I'll be talking with Brian DeLate. We're going to do an interview from LS Direct. He and I worked together on the LoveSack account. Let's see. Here's, here's a catalog that I actually worked on a little bit on the creative. Uh, we changed the way they looked so that they put much more space into the products that, that they actually sold. Uh, we just And we told the story much more than um, – we told the story much more than – than they had been in their prior catalogs. Um, what we were looking for is incremental lift um, and and something the customers could give to their to their neighbors. And uh, they were actually inspired by the sleep number the sleep number project. The sleep number apparently spoke at a conference, and they told me that uh, that they were going to you know really work hard at inviting people to the store. And Brian at LS Direct. Um, got them started with retargeting by mail. So they were already, they in, in many markets, they had 
they had more than one store, so they were doing media in the in that market. Like Boston, I think has five stores, and uh, and so they were already doing TV and talking about come to you know come to the website or come to the store, and uh, a lot of people would go to the website, and but they weren't necessarily coming to the store that much, and so they started retargeting with mail with Brian, and then we started specifically testing the offers and what we found was there were about four offers that they typically mentioned and only and one of them was dramatically better that it just resonated with people and and so uh we used that to drive people to the store but again we first built a foundation in testing and then leveraged it through the media spend and then got the testing going and then rolled it out with that offer into into uh, into the media and into digital media. And so um, what I like about this this podcast was she explained that by by inviting people who visited the website to visit the store, they got a 44% incremental sales rate. And she said we, we knew that because we did holdout testing. So some of the people who got who came to the to the site got mail and some didn't. And when they compared those two populations, that's the, what the holdout test is about, uh, with a matchback, they found that the ones who got the mail, and it might just be that they used the convenience sample. This isn't the most, this isn't the best way to test that. You know, the best way is to take people that would have gotten mail, but you, you don't. But in this case, you know, you only match, uh, you know, 50% or. 20% or 80% or whatever. There's a significant percentage that, that we can't find their physical address, so we can't mail them a piece. Um, and assuming that there's some randomness to it, um, you could consider that a holdout. Or you could consider that as one test panel and the other test panel. So anyway, 44% incremental. She mentions that in the podcast, but it's not mentioned in the article. Um, so I highly recommend, it's only 10 minutes, I highly recommend the podcast. It's really worth the time. It's very, very fast-paced, um, unlike some other people that you might be listening to right now. Okay, let's go on. Drive sales with direct mail. This is another excellent, fun article, and it dovetails really nicely with the sleep number um, because one of the things they talk about in the in the podcast, more than the article, is the idea of of encouraging their customers to have ways to give uh, to give the information to their friends and so their their mailings are geared to both inviting people to the store just like lovesack and also pass along and one of the things we found in pass along is that for every dollar we we incrementally generated with the customer mailing from customers we got about two more dollars from people we didn't know but lived really ne- really close like next door neighbors and so apparently the the best role of the of the catalog you know 2 to 1 was to give the customers a way to easily uh, communicate some of the features you know maybe they had a cocktail party or something and people are are uh, are sitting on the couch and then somebody spills their their uh, bloody mary all over the couch and uh, and the homemaker says, "Don't worry, I can throw these right in the in the wash machine." <laughs> you can, yeah, you just unzip them. And if you don't like them, you know, you say, "Well, let's get let's get away from this uh, shag carpet look and let's get some leather." 
well, we can do that too. You can, it'll always look new. And, uh, so, so we, we probably should have fought harder to keep that part of the program going. Sounds like sleep number is keeping that going. And maybe I'll talk about that with Brian later today. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should reconstitute that anyway. Um, but, but summer talks about how you can get your customers to sell for you. First, you need to have happy customers. Find out what they need and go a little bit beyond. This is excellent stuff, right? Yeah. Make sure your make sure your customers are happy. And you know you can send them a mail or say, "Are you happy? Are you you know did we do a good job or not?" Um, send a thank you card. John Worth at Woodworker Supply tested for six months the value of putting a little card in the box when he shipped his his merchandise, and found out that it that way paid for itself. Uh, and he did it with a zip code split, which I can explain to you if you call me. <laughs> it's a way to test without, it's a way to test across media and across key codes without having key codes. Okay. Uh, add an incentive for customers to pass along. I just got, I just got started with Ryan Reynolds mobile mint. Okay. And this is a friends. Don't let friends overpay for wireless. It's a little, it's a little flyer and it has a QR code on the back. And in fact, in the package, in the, in the starter kit, they actually sent me some, they sent me some SIM cards that are free test SIM cards. So it's a free test. I think it's for 30 days or something. So I've got a whole pack and I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with Mint so far. My other cell phone company, <laughs> my phone was working for a minute and then it would stop and I could hear them, but they couldn't hear me. It was the weirdest thing, you know, it sort of worked and sort of didn't. You had to talk fast. And uh, it turned out that they had stopped supporting 4G and I had a 4G phone, Google Pixel, and they just didn't tell me they stopped. Well, they were acquired by Dish and that was probably part of it. But anyway, so give them an incentive. I'm sure there's an incentive. I don't know what the incentive is, but at least they made it handy and easy. And I can hand this to somebody and say, hey, here's a SIM card. Here's a QR code. Just, you know. Put that on there, and, and you can get and you give it a try. Okay, method: make it easy for your customers to sell for you. Right. Give a friend coupon cards, tear off postcards, buck slip, or any other device. Tracking: you need to do matchbacks. You know, and one of the big breakthroughs with LoveSack was we actually looked at the addresses. And you know, the IT guy here says, "Hey, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't quite a match, but are like right next door." So I called up uh, Patrick and said, hey, Patrick, can I include those? He said, well, run it both ways. Let's see what happens. And that's how we knew that. We were getting a 900% ROI, and two-thirds of that was pass along. Okay? Reward your customers for that. Direct mail is a great channel because it gives real tangible materials to your customers to pass on to people they know. I had a great talk yesterday with Jeff Terran and Alexa out at 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 Mike uh, Gunderson Gunderson Direct, and what a what a what a breath of fresh air! They're big supporters of WDMA, and you know it's just so nice to talk to people that believe in mail, that are getting companies set up, digital companies that have been all digital and are seeing worse and worse and worse results. So thanks for that call. Anyway, you got to share it or I'll pass out. Share this. Your friends will know you're smart. And it's worth 20 likes. So if you like this, share it. We're fighting for mail. We're fighting for paper. <clears throat> it's 
It's a real world we live in, not just a digital virtual world. Have a great day.